0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Thousands of people pass through its gates every day, but only a small fringe group sees this structure for what it really is. Disturbing imagery and secret underground tunnels, all set up by the ominously named New World Commission. Is this gateway to the Mile High City just guilty of bizarre art choices? Or is it hiding the headquarters to the world's most powerful secret society? This week's episode is the Denver Airport Conspiracy. Up bump the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse it's hopeless you're doomed you'd call a priest if you could you'd rather just listen to who sinister i'm gonna kill you have you ever flown into dia i don't know if you know this about me but as a kid, I was a huge John Elway Denver Broncos fan oh I'm surprised was...
1: given your illustrious
2: love of the <laughs> of the Cowboys and as your dad's oh yeah we're a big Cowboys family but I loved South Park oh that Part- makes sense okay particularly not just South Park I had a romantic interest in Trey Parker of South Park I can who see that was like they're from obviously Colorado and I therefore had a lot of Denver Broncos memorabilia for my imaginary boyfriend, Trey Parker. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not for parents. Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, and so I've always wanted, it's like a bucket list for me to go to Denver and to go to places that were mentioned both in South Park, Cannibal the Musical, all of their lore, and especially to see uh, what we're talking about today because it is something else. I have several friends that have been through
1: this airport. One just flew there and is in Denver right now. And she did not know anything about this. But my other friends are like, oh, yeah, that airport is wild. Believe believe it or not. Believe the conspiracy or do- don't believe the conspiracy.
2: It's a fucked up airport any way you slice it. The choices are strange. Well, it's one of those. So I had a friend that was she was dating a guy from Denver and he was also like, they do not date anymore, but he was like an Alex Jones follower and into all that online stuff. And initially she told me about this. I mean, I still lived in Chicago because they hadn't been together forever. And I, I moved out of Chicago in 2011. So it would have been before that. So I think it was like probably 2009, right when this all started coming out. And she said, hey, yeah, the, my boyfriend says that the Denver airport is a, a Illuminati. And, you know, pretty much all the conspiracy theories will go over today. And so I said, let me look, kind of look into it. So I kind of looked it up and I said, I don't, I think that if Alex Jones says that it's probably not true. And so I guess she went and told him and the next time we talked, cause I was in college in Chicago. And the next time we talked, she said, uh, he told me I can't listen to anything you say because you've been indoctrinated by the elite. And-
1: <laughs> oh,
2: well, we already knew that.
1: I know. You've been it, indoctrinated
2: so, by the elite a long time ago. My whole brain is washed. <laughs> if it's, I don't know why it's so dirty if it's supposedly so washed. But she said, yeah, I don't I don't think he's right. But there is a lot of weird stuff about it. So, again, it's one of those where you don't have to totally believe every single conspiracy to be able to look at the airport and just think holy shit what were people thinking when you built this i mean
1: yeah at, at the very
2: least you look at the art in there and go what Mm-mm. why how had, you and i have had this whole discussion when we covered pierre Brasso, the monkey that paints yes. artwork a mini on, on our patreon yeah and we discussed how does one determine what is art, what isn't art, you know what is popular versus good, and if something is popular, isn't it good? I think in this case, it is a they all of these pieces are competently done. One could not sure. look at that and say an amateur did it, but taste wise, they don't <laughs> seem to be super popular. No. so again, what is what is art? Is it popular? Is it something that inspires? people to do better is it something that evokes emotion if it's invoking emotion this is the damnedest art nailed in the it whole on the world head. nailed it on
1: the head with <laughs> with that one we were talking about it not only did the artist choose to paint this that's mm-hmm. one thing yes but was commissioned to paint it for an airport yeah then the airport said nailed it. We're gonna put it right at the baggage claim where everybody <laughs> has to go. Therefore everyone will see it. I mean they signed off on it. That and for get if it once it got to that point, someone someone should have said, All right, uh we we get it and we appreciate the your your vision, but this isn't
2: for us. Or any airport. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we get the joke. This is not appropriate for an airport. Hilarious that you put it it in here. It is. You think it's a bit.
1: You you really do. You think it's a bit.
2: It's just, and and this is my other question, and we talked about on the Britney Spears episode, when does someone being eccentric rise to the level of there needs to be some type of intervention? (laughs) that Whomever is like the director of art for this airport thought, we're going to put all this in here. And someone's got to step up and say, mm-hmm. we don't want to see that when we're flying in to just yeah. go to a Broncos game. We're not trying to see a dove being skewered on a sword. This
1: isn't an alternative art gallery. Yeah. This is a ma- the largest hub for travel in the United States.
2: <laughs> oh, no, Jesus man. Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a choice. So I guess if, it, if the definition of art is is something that evokes emotion. This is the artsiest place in the whole damn That's world. That's true,
1: yes. Who would have thought an airport in Denver, <laughs> Colorado, could have w- would hold that title, but here or. we are. Here we are. It's well, I have mysteries. never been either. So uh, I, we'll have to make it. We'll have to add it to our list of places that we're going. Going on tour. Yeah. Oh, yes. Not only tour, but just to go.
2: But yeah, That's Denver would be a great place for a show. I would love that. Yeah. I would love to go to Denver for so many reasons. Yes, but gorgeous. Particularly to see to see all this. Yes, we we will contact someone from the airport ahead of time and yes. get
1: a tour of the underground now defunct baggage system.
2: I gotta see it. I gotta slash see it. Illuminati headquarters. Mm-hmm. If you, I think you can come out. Like if you go into the Illuminati headquarters, they they let you leave, right? Jesse Ventura Did made they? it out. Did so. they? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> mm, was it all a deep fake Ooh, it's like the moon landing oh, you know
1: okay. <laughs> so well yeah this is gonna be a lot of, everyone get your tinfoil hats on because this has whoo all of them all of it's them combined into one <laughs> well i'm christy i'm heather and let's get into it operating since 1995 denver international airport is the fifth busiest airport in the United States and the largest airport in the country, over twice the size of Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Seeing 48 million travelers per year and 160,000 people daily, DIA is also the third largest airport in the world. Until its inception in 1995, Denver's primary airport was Stapleton International Airport, which had opened in 1929. Eventually, Stapleton was unable to accommodate the growing city's needs, and in the mid-1980s, the city council decided to commission a new one. A few years later, they enlisted the services of Denver-based architectural firm Fentress Bradburn, run by partners Curtis Fentress and Jim Bradburn, who have designed multiple other airports across the country. On March 16, 1994, the newly constructed DIA was dedicated, eventually opening to the public on February 28, 1995.
2: Have you seen Curtis Fintress in interviews? I have or, not seen him. He's got some really tiny round glasses and he Ooh. looks uh, very much like an architect. Oh, I when you said that, I immediately pictured Elaine's
1: boss <laughs> when she wants the glasses. I can't remember what his name was on that.
2: Oh, 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 uh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Was Jake it, Jarmel. Jake Jarmel. Yes, yes. And he's like, you can't get these glasses. They're, yes. they're, j- they're smaller than Jake Jarmel glasses. Okay. Yeah, he looks a bit like Roger Stone and okay. has these tiny glasses. And he just speaks, both of them, and there's interviews with Jim Bradburn out there, too, that they just speak with such reverence for this airport. They loved that they could do it for their hometown. They did, like, Raleigh Airport, Sacramento Airport, and they've done, like, symphonies and colleges. So they have these big sweeping designs. So I think it was very meaningful to them to be mm-hmm. able to to design such a beautiful structure with, and they just thought everybody was going to love it. <laughs>
1: Well, the design
2: itself, ex- apart
1: from, we'll get to, there were some issues, isn't the main problem. It's Correct. what's inside that I'm assuming yeah. they did not sign off an interior design. I am so impressed by architects and like city engineers, like how you just plan things out. And yeah, ah, man, that's, I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. I'd be we're like, dry. everybody, you just <laughs> open a door and it'd be a wall. It'd be like the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> no, nothing would get you anywhere. The streets would not intersect. You just drive nope. into the woods. <laughs>
2: They're like, it's what happened to Dallas. That's where you can't get anywhere. There's not a grid in Chicago. It's a grid system with the streets, and it's very logical. And here, it's just loose. Man, things twist. You're like, where am I? It was the north to south street. Now mm-hmm. it's east to west, and it's just like this is where you're going now. You didn't want to, but this is where you're going. Mm-hmm. According to the Denver Post, the conspiracies surrounding
1: DIA were popularized by ex-professional wrestler and former governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura, on a 2012 episode of his show, Conspiracy Theory. The episode, titled Apocalypse 2012, covered the warnings about how the world would end in 2012 and how the global elite wanted to save only
2: themselves. This whole show is just Jesse Ventura screaming into the camera and T20 then also does best. screaming at people that he's interviewing. That's just the whole time. What a career that man has had. <laughs> you know what? You follow your dreams. If you're like Jesse Ventura, you do whatever you want. The people go, you can't be a wrestler. Yes, I can. And it's you're a wrestler, you can't be a governor and you've been the governor. And they're like, you can't be a, pr- a proprietor of conspiracies. Fucking watch me. Hold my leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he's the holy trinity of careers. Ventura's show described Denver Airport as
1: a series of bizarre clues, strange symbols, and
2: hidden signs.
1: Among these signs was a plaque from a group called the New World Airport Commission, dedicating the airport. Ventura asked conspiracy theorist Jay Widener who the commission really is. Widener replied that it is the $64 million question because we can't find that out, indicating no one knows who served on the mysterious commission. Well, I mean, I mean, we'll we'll get to some stuff, but like, guys, just Google stuff.
2: Yeah, it seems like the 2009 to 2012 when all this was coming out, there was a a dearth of maybe information on the internet that has come to light since. But <laughs> several of the things that people say, they like, some people will say the it, the Stapleton Airport was fine. They didn't need to build a new airport. They just wanted to because it's the Illuminati. This, so imagine something is built in 1929, right? Do you think that that is equipped to handle 747s? I do not. I yeah. I do not. And it also the runways were not equipped to
1: handle uh bad weather and so planes yeah. would get stacked up. I mean when you have I imagine bad weather a lot living in Denver, uh-huh. snow and stuff. Yeah, the airport would always be behind schedule. That's yeah, they had to build a new one. Well, and they also needed a
2: place for the Illuminati. To I meet. guess that's true.
1: And Denver's gorgeous, so you know, good weather. If you're going to, I guess, in the summer, in the winter, mm-hmm. I imagine it's it can be a bit Blizzard-y. snowy and icy. But if you're underground, you know, how it's do genius. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Prior to Ventura covering the conspiracy, Mother Jones published an article in December of 2009, causing a spike in Google searches for Denver Airport Conspiracy that same month. Both Ventura's show and the Mother Jones article mentioned Greg Erickson, owner of the online publication... Free Press International, who appears to have first publicized the conspiracy on his blog. Erickson believes the New World Order headquarters are located beneath DIA and that cryptic imagery and symbols throughout the airport are a nod to the dangerous group's ties to the Nazis, Freemasons, and Illuminati. So, if you call your blog a press, does that mean it's a newspaper? (laughs) Yeah, and you're a journalist. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's how that works. This man... Oh Ooh. yikesies! Who child? I uh. So we talked last time about how the Travel Channel has become anything but a channel oh, yeah. where you go to watch places where you want to travel to. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say the same thing about the History Channel. There's a lot of aliens. There's um, a lot of- if our if the generations grow up believing this is our history, we're gonna have <laughs> some real interesting. Like forty, fifty year olds in a while because all it is is aliens, ghosts, monsters, conspiracies, yeah, treasure hunts. I mean, nothing on that channel is about
2: history. Stuff at like three in the morning, maybe. It's like yeah. the civil War. Then they throw a
1: World War Two documentary yeah. on just to say that they're they're the history channel. Well, America Unearthed on Earth, the History Channel is wow. There's a lot going on. A lot is going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On an episode of the History Channel's America Unearthed in 2020, forensic geologist and host of the show, Scott Walter, asked Erickson if he believes the NWO plans to unleash a global virus or pandemic as a way to control the population for eventual world domination. Erickson
2: replied that's exactly what he believes. He went on to say, There's a lot of talk on the internet that there's going to be a terrorist attack on the White House, and they're going to move the Capitol to Denver. And everybody's sitting around here, you know, watching Wheel of Fortune or whatever, you know, going out and doing their big screen TV, completely asleep to what's going on, just like in pre-Nazi Germany. The conspiracy theorists concluded, they're keeping secrets because they're going to take over. You're going to be living in a fascist state if you don't wake up. Yeah, <laughs> and that was <laughs> it. Was the show. <laughs> He was on the History Channel. He's
1: on the History Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is Scott Walter, who, while he is a forensic geologist, I believe he's also the author of some fringe books. Mm. And is clearly the host of this show. I mean, I don't know if he really believes it or whatever. But, I mean, he's going there to, like, to these various places. In this same episode, they also go to the Georgia Guidestone. So I was like, hey, you're covered because it was all about the—the <laughs> the whole episode was about the New World Order. But his whole thing is we can't just take theories based, you know, on their face. We have to scientifically prove that these are real. And I'm like, well, then, but then they're not theories. Well, so then you're just changing the whole thing, you know. So at one point they're talking about the tunnels that are supposedly under the airport and they just go with some shovels and dig up some dirt. And he just puts it in his hand and takes a magnifying glass. He's like, oh, yeah, this is sandstone. This is the easiest thing you could tunnel through. The question now isn't if the Illuminati d- dug under the airport, <laughs> but when? And I'm like... <laughs> You were on the History
2: Channel, sir. My God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. You yeah. know what? If they need a slack-jaw yokel to talk about conspiracies, they can call me any day. I'll say- <laughs> it sounds like if you go in there and they stick a microphone in front of your face, you can say just about whatever you want, and they'll you put can. you on the air. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. He really, he looked at the dirt and said, this yeah. type of dirt proves that there's tunnels underneath. He said, "It. it not that it proves
1: it, but that it's not... Um, could they have dug, it's would they have dug. You know, like I'm wow. like I mean, yeah, I guess, but also I don't know. And then he had a meeting with a representative from DIA who was very nice and obviously she got the heads up that they're coming to film and as we'll see, the DI the Denver International Airport has just
2: gone, Fuck it, we're leaning into this mm-hmm. which is all you can do. Have some yeah. fun with it, you know. When you have Jesse Ventura and whoever else showing up, of course, I mean, you have to. God. One reason for Erickson's beliefs
1: are the markings on the floor located throughout the airport containing letters, symbols, and numbers. Conspiracy theorists believe this is a secret code put in place by the New World Order in the event of biological warfare, allegedly referencing a new strain of hepatitis. So I will say one thing that is a bit spooky. Mm-hmm. Is the America Unearthed episode was filmed in 2020 before, or I guess it at least came out in 2020 mm-hmm. before the pandemic or anything? And they're talking in this about, well, the NWO is going to release this virus. It's going to be global. It's It can be a pandemic. And conspiracy theorists believe they're doing this in order to like just kill a bunch of people and control the population. So I wonder if people that subscribe to these beliefs. When COVID hit, do you think they're like, "I told you, yeah. this is exa- this is the NWO. They're doing it right now," and people are just down in their bunkers waiting this out?
2: They're running around like Michael Scott. It's happening. It's happening. Like this <laughs> yeah. is it's vindication, and that's dangerous mm-hmm. when things happen by chance. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that, and then someone has, a, you know, we always say a broke clock's right twice a day. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone says a pandemic will happen, and naturally they happen about every. Hundredish years or so And then it happens And they But I will say Going back to the 2012 episode Of Jesse Ventura They said the sun was Gonna have a Solar flare that Exploded us In 2014 And that mm-hmm. unfortunately Did not happen I'm kidding <laughs> But that did not happen That I'm aware of So they were on a different Mandela effect timeline So Yeah that's the The trouble is that Something like this will happen And then I are like I fucking told y'all mm-hmm. I told you Y'all didn't listen And I told y'all Yep
1: one of the most apparent elements that raises questions is the art throughout the airport. When seeing the colorful and somewhat macabre paintings at DIA in the conspiracy theory episode, Jesse Ventura asks, like many others online since him, "What the hell is this? Why would someone put this in an airport? What are they trying to tell us?" I would say all those three things if I also yeah. landed
2: and saw all of this. Mm-hmm. We got we have some things in common, Jesse Ventura and I. <laughs> <laughs> Being disturbed by this imagery in the airport? One of them. A love of wrestling. I do you love wrestling. I, I like the WWE. Mm-hmm. I get excited and yell at things. Yes. I slam Tommy onto the ground <laughs> when uh, <laughs> things get a little uh, chaotic in our house. I don't know what Jesse Ventura's famous wrestling move was, but I bet I could do it. <laughs> the art in question are two
1: large double murals found along the baggage claim areas one on the east side and one on the west. The east side mural is called Children
2: of the World,
1: Dream of Peace. The first and smaller painting of this set shows an ominous gas-masked soldier wielding a gun in one hand and an enormous sword in the other. Around him, women and children lie with their eyes closed, some weeping. A dead dove is skewered on the end of the soldier's sword. The mural's second section shows that same soldier, now dead, with two live doves on top of him. The doves are surrounded by joyful children from all nations, smiling and playing music, with a banner reading P. In multiple languages, and a rainbow. Lots to unpack.
2: Yeah, so the so one of them's smaller. Mm-hmm. These are all double mm-hmm. murals, and there's a space between them. And, I mean, taken alone, even taken with the second painting next to it, this first painting is a lot to look at when you're just trying to get your bag. Dude!
1: Any kind it's of very gas evil. mask soldier, that immediately yeah. you're thinking chemical warfare, some kind of yeah. dystopian future, like all the things you do not want to think about when you're traveling.
2: Yeah, he's got a hat on, like a Nazi mm-hmm. kind of a captain's hat, and a uh, full gas mask so you can't make out the face, which we always talking about like in Kenny, in Kenny Valley, and you know, it looks, you can't tell someone's intention because you can't see the expression on their face. You can tell his intention because of the uh, assault rifle in one arm and the sword stabbing the Dove of Peace in the other arm. So it's pretty clear what his intentions are, and it's chaos and destruction and just sad children and women screaming for their lives. I'm not an artist. Yeah. But I would know
1: not to paint something with assault rifles that I was going to put in an airport.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, or you can... So... It, is it like an awkwardness thing where they go, "Hey, will you paint this?" and they come up with that, and they go, <laughs> "No." They're like, "Well, we already paid him; we can't get our money back, and that was the whole art budget." Fuck hey, it. Let's put just it, do it, put it up. Put it up. See what happens. We're gonna roll the dice on this one. See what happens. Well, the second half of it's nice. Nobody's gonna be looking nah, at the second nah. half. They're all gonna be looking at the sword and the gun. The second half is there lovely. There may as well not be it's a second happy, picture. Nah, no. nobody's looking at it. It's very nice, although the soldier is dead, so which leads me to question did those children commit murder? <laughs> and they're very gleeful they were, about it. They were justified, but nevertheless, they're the only ones standing mm-hmm. around the body. Yeah.
1: It's a real Children of the Corn vibe happening. <laughs> That's right. The whole thing's bizarre. It's a lot.
2: It's a lot to take in when you're just like, is that my bag or is it the one with the orange ribbon? <laughs> you're like, no, yeah. Honey, did you see that? You're like, shut up. I'm trying to find. Oh my it's just, God. Your bag goes around 30
1: times because you're like, you oh, yeah. can't tear yourself away. It's a train wreck situation. <laughs> oh man. Well, the mural on the West Side baggage claim is called
2: In Peace with Harmony and Nature.
1: The first half of this mural shows several animals dead, some in glass cases, apparently extinct. Sad children are in the foreground with a fiery explosion behind them. The second half of the mural is decidedly happier, showing children of many nations with smiling faces, animals soaring and leaping from the ocean, centered around a beautiful blooming plant.
2: Yeah, there's dead people in the first one. They're kind of in these coffins mm-hmm. with their arms crossed uh, from several different nations. One appears to some people say, this shows Christianity dead, but because there's a little blonde girl on that. What does that say about your interpretation? That's mm. what you see Christianity as. But then uh, there's uh, a girl who's black, and then a, uh, I think it's a little boy that looks like he could be indigenous or a First Nations people. So it's an it equal opportunity dead child painting. Uh, so he was inclusive in that. <laughs> uh, but the dead animals, mm. there's a a turtle that looks like it's having a pretty bad mm. time wrapped mm-hmm. up in some stuff, and... Yeah, stuff in like cases as if it were, you know, uh, preserved on display. And again, you tear yourself away from that. <laughs> and there's a mystical plant with a, you know, dolphins leaping out of the ocean and everybody's dancing and playing. But it's kind of hard yeah. to tear yourself away from the yeah. first one.
1: Yeah. And again, why in an airport? Why is this where, when you were told this is going to be in an airport?
2: this is what you decided yeah i yeah. like we say we're not artists i'm not an artist but maybe you just feel compelled that if thousand if 160,000 people a day 48 million people a year are possibly going to see this it's your chance to send a message <laughs> I and guess this so. is the message i
1: guess maybe that's what it is it's his platform where he can tell the mm-hmm. world what he's been
2: wanting to tell them if you paint this on the side of a building Maybe, you know, a thousand people a day will see it. And uh, I don't know, a, a million people a year versus in the mm-hmm. airport, it's going to be way, way more. And people have a chance to stop and uh, gawk at it.
1: <laughs> in this That's case.
2: True. And then talk about it their
1: whole vacation. Nobody can enjoy the mountains yeah. or those hikes or no. horseback riding because you're just like, you I just... can't get past that gas mask. Yeah,
2: exactly. Just staring <laughs> off into the distance. You enjoying the sunset. Why was the yeah. dove dead? Why did he what have does to it mean? The dove?
1: What does it all mean? Well, according to Mother Jones, the murals hint of a coming genocide. A famous conspiracy author, Jay Widener, told CBS this morning
2: that the murals, Tell the people in the know what this airport is all about.
1: Well, I guess this proves we are not in the Illuminati, Heather, or the That's New right. World Order, because we don't get it. So mm-hmm. if we were supposed to know, we'd know.
2: What I don't want to understand then is Jay Weiner understands this. Does that mean he's in the Illuminati? Uh ah, hide in plain sight. That's what they always say. Mm. Gotcha. It's the other way around. It's like if you don't understand this, you're an idiot. This is for insiders to know the Illuminati. Well, you're explaining mm. to me what it says, so that must mean you're the Illuminati. And I—that was the the Jesse Ventura show really tried to pit. Us against them? They kept saying, the elites are going to save themselves in the 2012 apocalypse, leaving me and you to die and perish. I'm like, Jesse Ventura, you are the elite. You're a former (laughs) politician. You have a television show. I'm sure you have plenty of money, resources to fly around and do all this research. You are not one of us, Mm -mm. my dude. You're not going to be eating cans of beans like a cowboy when the shit goes down. You're going to be in that bunker. But it's funny to me that that is the... It's like Alex Jones does that same thing of trying to spoon feed the masses this conspiracy that the global elite I'm fighting on your behalf fuck you you're sitting in the platinum lounge you're sitting in first class don't act like you're the common man but they'll sure take money from oh, the common man sure. selling their penis supplements and their brain mm-hmm. supplements which by the way Alex Jones trying to sell brain supplements is fucking hilarious mm, that man trying to sell anything for, <laughs> uh, is, anything to yeah. improve yourself it's like if I'm gonna end up like you my dude, dude you're the before not God the after damn.
1: Here's I'm gonna take it one step further. Here's my conspiracy theory. Alex Jones, Jesse Ventura, Jay Widner, all members of the NWO. They're what? doing this to throw everyone off the scent. Damn.
2: Misinformation mm-hmm. campaign. Mm
1: mm-hmm. mm. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. We we're on to y'all. We're on to Man, y'all. And I will say New World Order, y'all could have picked some better spokespeople. <laughs>
2: like no i'm not trying to join beyonce that. lady gaga yeah. wait aren't, the, aren't they they're supposedly uh, in the illuminati so okay yeah if they were talking about yeah, exactly no. yeah Get them. but great. if i have alex jones screaming at me that that's the last thing i'm gonna do if you're like you can perish by a sun flare or go in a bunker <laughs> with alex jones i'm putting on my sunglasses and laying in my uh lounge chair take me nice lord it's you. my time yes just it's my I time you all the murals inside the airport aren't
1: the only disturbing art. Outside DIA, visitors are greeted by an enormous blue horse made of steel and weighing 9,000 pounds. The 32-foot creature, known officially as Blue Mustang and unofficially as Blue Sifer, has glowing red eyes. Its appearance, however, is not the only evil part of him. The artist, Louis Jimenez, was famously killed by his own creation when the beast's head fell on the man severing an artery in his leg
2: horrific the sculpture or the death both, both. yes can you imagine that head nah. flying toward you in your final moments that's horrific nah.
1: that you created you're like i if i had i not then
2: i wouldn't the thing is horrifying to look it's at it's
1: real weird it's real fucking weird my friend julie who's a listener hi julie uh, i was talking to her about this and she's like it has full-on genitalia that you can clearly see. And then I told you and Tommy, and then we just started sending pictures to each other.
2: It's butthole. Dude, it's huge. It's <laughs> so big. It's cr- so I now, amongst the many things that I've Googled, and I'm on a list, and I'm, my search history is fucked, now today I Googled <laughs> Lucifer penis and balls. <laughs> <laughs> and that came up, and so it is the horse's... Wang and and what uh, a Wang testicles. it is, oh, it is man. it is it's it's sucked up to his body, it's not separate, you know what I mean, like sticking out it's you know it's, it's not, all it's attached. Not dangling correct, but then someone took a shot a reverse mm-hmm. shot, and there is on the a b c the ass ball connector, <laughs> so between its <laughs> between its balls and its and its anus, there's rippling <laughs> so veins. Sad. There's, it looks like it's uh, it's taken some sort of a serum yeah. that's coursing yeah. through it's, it, it's leaking out it's
1: hulking out but just in its taint it's weird just in
2: its and the, and that I've never seen such a powerful <laughs> grendel and the <laughs> and then the hole it's like a it's like vortex in itself it's like multiple holes so i am yeah. thinking... I mean, it's not hollowed out. Not that I think that would matter. <laughs> oh, I mean, God, there's nothing what going if it was? <laughs> <laughs> But it is. Oh, this butthole it's is. It's a vortex. Significant. It ha-
1: wasn't, if it was hollowed out, that would be a vortex that I would believe, not the Alaska Triangle. Everything yes. gets sucked up in Blue asshole.
2: It is. It's just ring upon ring. And it's see. So then, then as, as with anything in the world, and rest in peace, Mr. Jimenez. <laughs> so, I'm very sorry. But he had to carve, like, he took yeah. time. His face was right up against it. Mm-hmm. You gotta make, it's like Michelangelo with the David. His face mm-hmm. was right next to that little pee-pee. And so, you know, you know, you see something like that and you think, that had, someone made that. Wow, it's really, again, what is art? Is it something that elicits, that, that horse that saying horse is? It, it shocks yeah. me. And so if that's the purpose of art, I mean, I'm shocked. Why are the it's eyes red? I can't stop no. thinking about that, too. And again, why is this what you decided should be what everyone sees
1: when they first drive into the Denver International Airport? Just horse's dick with his weird butthole and giant veins.
2: Why, Louie? Why, yeah, the only thing I, The only thing I can think of is Denver Airport is trying to flex... <laughs> <laughs> on every motherfucker that comes through here, they're like, "Look at this fucking mural. Look at this horse dick. Do you think we're messing around? Don't fuck with Denver. Nah, people ain't. say don't mess with Texas. Show me where Texas has a giant horse ass in the front of its airport. We they don't. 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 That's it. Is a it's like a flex on the people that come through because when you're the third largest airport in the world, you're the largest airport in the country." People may want to come for you, man. Mm. And you got to show them that this is not a place. Look at that fucking horse that killed the man that made it. Do you think it won't do something to you? And you feel threatened by it. And I think that maybe that's the real conspiracy is that Denver is just trying to show everybody it is not something to be that's fucked true. with. I mean, we're not doing an
1: episode on the the number one largest airport in the country. I don't even know what it is, to be
2: honest. Wait, isn't this one the biggest one in America? And it's the third in the world. I meant, yeah, I meant the world. Lar- I meant the world. Oh, the world. I looked it up. One of them's in Shanghai, and I think one of them is in Saudi Arabia. Okay.
1: Well, guess what? We're not doing that episode.
2: So no. who, Who's uh, who's laughing now? If there is a uh, devastatingly aggressive horse <laughs> anus, please message us and hey, let us know. Maybe airport. we can do an episode. But I haven't heard about it. There's not. If I typed in, uh, you know, largest airport in the world horse anus, it's not. It's going to be this oh, one. Yeah. Not- yeah. For sure. We, uh, t- I'm surprised Texas
1: hasn't challenged this though, to be honest.
2: Oh, yeah, like make it, they're gonna just put a, a tube between Dallas, Love Field, and Dallas, Fort Worth, and be like, well, we have a mega airport. So, <laughs>
1: well, that's what we did with the Dallas Zoo with that giraffe statue up front. It wasn't, it, oh, they really? built it, and at the time, <laughs> it was the largest statue, the tallest statue in the country, I think, or maybe it was just for a zoo, I don't remember. But or the tallest giraffe, yeah, something. But then or something. somebody else built a taller one. So Mm-mm. Dallas Zoo said, nah, motherfuckers!" And they just added on like a ten inch tongue sticking straight out of the giraffe's mouth, straight up. So now mm-hmm. we regained
2: that. We will come yeah. for you. That's t- that's an aggressive yeah. tongue on that giraffe. Mm-hmm. That's what the Willis Tower in Chicago did. It was. It's now been. Way way overtaken, but when it was initially built, and it was the tallest building, then someone else built one slightly taller. They put tall ass antennas on top, but now it's been oh, way overtaken. No no antenna in the world is going to make it the tallest. But you got to flex like that, man. Show them. Who's you can't boss. think like that, Heather. The, what if an antenna went all the way to space? You know, <laughs> that's another South Park reference when Alan Jackson wants to build a ladder to heaven. <laughs> it's all tied in. We can do it. It
1: all comes back to South Park. Well, some believe the horse represents the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Others are certain the sculpture is cursed, having proved this when it killed its very creator. People have become so unnerved by the horse that a Facebook group of over 11,000 members is dedicated to getting the statue removed.
2: Did you visit this Facebook group?
1: No. Did you? Well, I Do, mean, it, right, well, do it right now. Let's
2: let's check it out. How does it get rid of the, the horse? Lucifer.
1: What what do we think this group is called? Uh, remove
2: Blucifer. Remove Blucifer. Remove group. Oh, here we go. Eighty thousand. Oh shit! It's up to eighty thousand. It's well, this one's called Denver International Airport's Horse Anti Fan Club. Wait, <laughs> an anti fan club. I think it may be kind of a
1: joke. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people in there that are joking, but there does, are also probably some very does, serious people. Does,
2: the Horse Anti Fan Club says, Yo, what's up, guys? I'm that stinky horse from Denver. Ugh, look at me. I'm so big and powerful. For sure, I'm not connected with some satanic or Masonic symbols. <laughs> I think this might be a joke. Oh, man. But boy, that horse. My question is as follows So you have a 30. 30- two foot tall horse sculpture that is decidedly evil what do you for the the reason why i asked you into the group because what is their plan to do with what are they going to do with it it's made out of steel i think they want a petition to get it removed but i'm saying you melt it down and make it into something else oh
1: i don't know send it send it away i think it's one of those it's once it's not our problem we don't care where it goes type of thing I guess so. Sell it to another city,
2: an unsuspecting city. There's got to be some kind of collector that wants that. Yeah. Or you say, try to sell it to another city and go, you guys like horses? They're like, yeah, of course. Like, we got a Mustang. They don't mention that it's a (laughs) heinous shade of blue. It looks like the violet in Willy Uh Wonka when she eats the blue gum. It's a blue, it's just very, it's bubblegum blue and glowing Mm -hmm. red eyes and this, that, just that gaping maw of an Mm. an anus. (laughs) If you don't tell anybody <laughs> about that, they'd take it off your sure. hands for free. Yeah. They'd probably pay for shipping. <laughs> you got to just leave all that off. Or I don't know where Louis Jimenez is
1: buried, but perhaps the horse could like be a put the graveyard with him. That's a little macabre. Well,
2: it didn't do but, it on perp, or did it? I don't know. Well, and you know it's it's tough because. As an artist, you want to leave a legacy, and he has oh, left. Did he ever a legacy? He did, but it caught.
1: It was the ultimate price he wanted. I'm sure. Yeah. Another unsettling piece of art was Notre Denver, a sculpture installation that featured two gargoyles watching over the West Side baggage claim. The gargoyles sat atop suitcases, intended to protect and ensure the safe delivery of baggage. These are currently in storage due to construction but are scheduled to return by the end of 2021.
2: Jesse Ventura's like, why would they choose gargoyles? And Jay Weiner just goes, they like to hide in plain sight, man. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> the Illuminati are also gargoyles. It's
1: very Harry Potter world. I mean, now we're mm-hmm. just getting into, like, uh, it's
2: it's all over the place. This would be like if you let me design an airport. <laughs> I would be like, dude, that's a fucking gargoyle on a suitcase. That's dope. Put that shit in the baggage claim. That's hilarious. And people, I... If it were up to me, I would have multiple sculptures in my front yard, and it's not up to me, so I don't. So, I would love to have a T Rex in my yard. I saw on Facebook Marketplace they had a Stegosaurus a couple of towns away. It was I was like, it's only two thousand dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need a saving. I don't need you savings. don't need to I plan a wedding. No, I don't need to plan. We could you better the have that at the wedding if you're going to pay two grand for it. Yeah, I'm the person with Blues Brothers. Full size sculptures, fiberglass Blues Brothers in my dining room. I don't have good art <laughs> taste. Like I don't get me wrong, I love those sculptures. They mean a lot to me in a sentimental fashion, and also because they are very startling for people to come they in the are. house. But that's not the kind of thing you put in your dining <laughs> room. Well, you know who's to say what? That's
1: true. You, you can put if it, if you like it, then that's all that matters. That's the that's I, what art is. Does it speak to it's you? True. Do you, does it make you feel happy or sad or whatever you're trying
2: to go for? You know, it's true. I don't just like them. I fucking love the show. There you go. They are, I can't wait to find whenever we get a different house, if that ever happens, where they might go then. I just, I love those sculptures so much. You know, where they should go is your bedroom on either side of the (laughs)
1: bed. That's right. I'm sure Paris would love that. Or standing (laughs) at the end of the bed just staring at you. So every time when you you wake up in the night, you just (laughs) think there's two men standing
2: at the end of your bed great as if i don't wake up screaming already well but now you can be like oh it's just the blues oh, it's brother it's elwood. Just, yeah that is some horror movie shit though that they come alive yeah and start yeah, moving. yeah yeah for sure and they're they're life-size so you know they are bigger than life-size elwood is almost seven foot oh, tall. Chi- chi- yeah
1: <laughs> i was gonna say that was a combination of jesus and yikes and it came out Jizus. <laughs> jesus jesus Well, it is believed the New World Order has ties to the Nazis and that part of their evil plan is an eventual genocide. When viewed from above, some believe that the six runways of the DIA make out the shape of a swastika, further acknowledgement that the order was behind
2: the construction of the airport. If you have a secret society, you should make giant symbols that are viewed Mm -hmm. easily. That's the best way to hide. This is
1: one of my biggest issues with all these conspiracy theories with this is if you're trying to be a secret society, you're doing a real bad job if this
2: is what you're doing because you're just flaunting your shit all over the place. Or are they trying to dangle it in front of you to be like, oh yeah, you like that? (laughs) You like our gargoyles? No, I don't. (laughs) I don't like any of it.
1: Conspiracy theorists like Jay Widener and Greg Erickson believe that under the airport lies a full underground city to be used by the global elite to escape the apocalypse. They claim this is also why the airport went $2 billion over budget to fund the underground Illuminati headquarters. The men's theories are based on alleged comments from contractors, painters, and other workers who helped build the bunkers themselves. According to Travel and Leisure, others believe the underground tunnels are a direct path to the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, located 100 miles south of DIA in Colorado Springs. Still, others claim that the underground bunkers will be used as concentration camps after the eventual genocide.
2: The person I knew whose boyfriend was all into this, his major belief was that the bunkers underground had these shower heads coming out of the walls and that they were actually going to be used as gas chambers to massively kill people genuinely no bit of irony genuinely believe that i
1: i uh i mean i'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum but i feel bad for people that legitimately believe that
2: because yeah. I, I imagine he not a pleasant it's person. an
1: arrested development to live in that type of state where i mean like alex jones even though does he really believe you know that shit is it all just a character in a bit who knows what that But if you honestly believe those things, that's terrifying.
2: Yeah. It's got to be very anxiety inducing, or, you know, you you probably are on edge all the time. This is tomorrow's going to be the Mm -hmm. day. It's going to be the day that they're going to, you know, take us all to the gas chambers. But yeah, he genuinely believed there would be, you know, rounding people up. And this was the Obama administration. So he for sure thought Obama was in the Illuminati and that this was all part of. The ploy in that because they were in the Denver area that they would be victims of this and they they were going to get scooped up and the only way to protect yourself is to have a bunch of guns and yada yada. So, yeah, it's a sad thing. Like I said, he was also just not a pleasant person. He sucked in a lot of ways, but that was – it's disturbing and bizarre that people genuinely do fully believe that. And also, I think he believed – And it was the version that they talked about on the conspiracy theory episode, which makes me think he probably just watched that, um, that the tunnels actually lead to Cheyenne, Wyoming, that Mm -hmm. there's like a nuclear defense. So there's either there's some people believe there's all kinds of tunnels like it's under, you know, it's like a pathway under the ground to go like to Kansas or to NORAD in Colorado Springs or to Cheyenne. Or some people say, oh, no, no, that's stupid. It would never go to Cheyenne. It's obviously going to NORAD. So that's also always fun when the when the fringe groups splinter and turn on one another. Though the conspiracy theory TV show made it seem like the New World Airport
1: Commission was an ominous group, a quick search of the Denver Library archives tells a different story. According to papers in the library's archives, the New World Airport Commission records were all donated by the commission's president, philanthropist, and musician, Charles Onsbacher. Other donors of related papers include Karen Lindsay, a local doctor, and Anne Ladezinek, a Colorado philanthropist. Based on the contents of the papers, the ominous-sounding New World Airport Commission was mostly in charge of throwing the opening gala and air show. Ansbacher named the commission after the New World Symphony, a composition by Czech composer Antonin Dvorak, according to the Denver Post. In addition to acknowledging the donors, the carved dedication plaque covers a time capsule to be opened in 2094 that includes items like a signed baseball
2: and the former mayor's tennis shoes. Oh, yeah. This was my favorite part of watching that Widener fella go, nobody knows who's even Mm. in the commission. And I just Googled who is in the Denver Airport Commission, and it was several sources, (laughs) including the Denver Post and the actual boxes that you can go and look at at the Denver uh, Library Archives. Shout out to libraries. They're the real holders of the truth. Oh, yeah. Libraries are great. Or is this just what they want you to think, That's right. The the librarians are all in on it. That's what they want to do with their time. They're not trying to organize things and be a refuge for the community. They're trying to cover up for the (laughs) Illuminati. They're all part of it. On the History Channel show, the host talks
1: to a DIA representative, and she says it's not really... The New World Airport Commission, it's the New World Airport Commission. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it's all about emphasis. Emphasis. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. While people like Erickson believe inlaid symbols on the airport floor, such as AU and AG, are proof a terrible disease is going to be unleashed on humanity, DIA representative Stacy Segment explained on America Unearthed that the symbols are nothing more than the elements of gold and silver from the periodic table and are meant to represent Colorado's mining history. Other words and symbols seen throughout the airport are from the Navajo language, according to Mental Floss.
2: Here they are trying to honor the legacy and history of some of the lands that were arguably, not arguably, that were taken from the Mm. indigenous people. And you have a bunch of Dumb shits going, look at these, mm. look at these yeah. Illuminati symbols. you're like, maybe it belongs to the people whose land you soul, yeah,
1: just because you don't know what it says doesn't mean that's <laughs> not a real language it's this is when yeah, you just you're like you're an embarrassment, yes, you, to everyone here for sure, and the they show on this show this it's kind of like a gold sketched um uh covered wagon looking thing on the ground with a u an A.G. in it. Anyone that's taken a science class would look at that and go, "Oh yeah, it's gold and silver." Not Erickson. Mm-mm. He's like. This is, it stands for the hepatitis strain that nobody knows about except the New World Order, and it's going to be released. And Stacy Stegman's like, actually, um, Colorado has a large mining history, and that's kind of what we're known for and where all of our, like, money came from and everything. So it's
2: just about that. He's like, A-U-A-G <laughs> is the all oh sound that you're going to make when the Illuminati <laughs> drags you down into the basements to gas you in the tunnels. It's mm-hmm. just, I love, too, that it's, I don't mean to... uh disrespect this person that i've already made fun of for an hour but why on earth would you think you're the genius mm-hmm. that uncovered it the audacity it takes to say s- millions of people one hundred sixty thousand people a-, a day almost 50 million people walk he- through here a year and i'm the only one that uncovered this <laughs> the just the the confidence, the overconfidence it takes to just assume that you're the only genius to have put the pieces of the Illuminati's puzzle all together.
1: She she talks about that when the host is like, well, if, if there aren't bunkers, what if we don't know what's going on down there, then you should take me down there. And she's like, OK, here's a construction jacket. Let's go down this freight elevator. And they go down. She's like, if there were like underground things going on down here. Literally thousands of employees work here every day. It'd be really hard to keep that from all these people. And they're like, yeah, but it could still be done. Mm -hmm. They're the Illuminati. You don't know what they're capable of. It's like, but why? Yeah. Uh, Why here? Why wouldn't you just do it out in the middle of fucking nowhere where like randos couldn't just
2: stumble upon this shit? There's so much untapped land in the middle Mm -hmm. of the country that if they truly were the all powerful Illuminati, they could be anywhere. Yes.
1: Would you really want to be hiding out under an airport when you could, like, have your own fucking island? No. And
2: all sorts of cool shit? Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those where you think, you hear somebody say that and you go, oh, you're not an evil mastermind. That's what we're hearing. No. That's what we're learning no. here. It's not, yeah. The, and that's the thing about uh, a lot of these is they, it, it was when we were watching the thing about the Alaska Triangle, one of the guys was like, the harp station, it's an, that's another one of the uh, conspiracies that the Illuminati... They control the weather with this HARP conspiracy machine. And the host goes, Oh, well, do you want me to take you to HARP? They'll give you a tour. He's like, I'm not going in there. And <laughs> he said, Well, we'll take cameras. I learned something. Well, yeah, he's like, Oh, well, we'll take cameras, you know, we'll go with you or whatever. He's like, that's what they want. They want to get you in there so they can control your mind. So it's just at some point it's irrational. And even if you're given the access, they might not take it. And even if they take the access, they don't accept what they've seen. Well, we're gonna get into the psychology
1: behind it. I, know, I in love just that. A minute.
2: I love that part.
1: Speaking of evil masterminds, the one behind the airport's scary paintings is Leo Tanguma, a well-known muralist
2: in the Denver community. Tanguma told Atlas Obscura, I've been a painter for 50 years. My work tries to convey messages of human dignity. The smaller mural in each pair was intended to show the problems in the world,
1: according to Tanguma, while the larger paintings would represent the solving of those problems. The smaller mural with the gas mask soldier, for instance, is juxtaposed with the larger mural, showing children coming together in peace. The smaller mural showing the earth destroyed and animals going extinct due to pollution is beside a larger one, showing lush environments,
2: thriving animals, and happy children. This interview, which we'll have it in the show notes, it's a video interview, and this guy is just very sincere or he wants us to think he is. (laughs) But he genuinely thought that he, again, he's got this platform, and I think the intention was to convey a message of smaller first mural is if we continue on our path and we don't stop the war, stop the pollution, this is what's going to happen. And aside from showing the consequences of our actions, I don't know how you would adequately convey that in a painting, but for the way he did it, and then the second mural is supposed to be, okay, we turn this ship around, everything's happy, joyful, sunny, colorful. Uh, but the it's just kind of sad that he says, you know, I don't know how many times I can say this. This is what my meaning was and just to feel so misunderstood is especially somebody with as long and storied of careers he's had and like like it says he's a well-known muralist, that's why they chose him, that he's very beloved as a local Denver artist and to now have You know, I think that's the flip side of these conspiracy theorist propagators is you don't know the real consequences of the things that you, you know, that you put forth. Who you're
1: really hurting. You're hurting a lot of people with your beliefs. Yeah.
2: He still put a gas
1: mask with a sword and an AK-47.
2: It's a taste (laughs) thing, you know, it's a taste thing.
1: But maybe... But I get it. I think he did have good intentions. They just... Perhaps weren't executed uh, in the best way.
2: Yeah, or they were executed in a way that's meant to elicit a reaction, and boy, did they elicit one. That's true. On the flip side, maybe he's all part of the Illuminati. That's true, too.
1: The Denver Airport's exhibits coordinator, Jennifer Garner, pointed out that the murals were installed in 1995, before 9-11, which she indicates puts into context the... Edginess of Tanguma's work, said in an interview with
2: Atlas Obscura. I don't know that that explains it. (laughs) We had a discussion about this earlier today that... Yeah. While 9-11 changed a lot of things about the airport, even by today's standards, these paintings are aggressive. I believe my exact words were, this transcends terrorism. Yeah, it's... uh, It's quite an evocative piece, especially Mm -hmm. in the... And then... I mean, should we police our art simply because of the world around us? You know,
1: I'm not I don't think it's should be taken down necessarily. Mm-hmm. I just think I mean, like we said, if you're wanting a talking point and look at what we're doing, we've been talking about it for an hour and 6 minutes now. This is true. You know? So, did he uh do
2: what he set out to do? Perhaps he did. Yes. I mean, you know? Well, so there you go. And they set uh, in the intervening years, they have put little plaques between the murals that explain them, that put them into context. Mm. The conspiracy theorists think that this is just trying to throw us off the scent because we were close and now they're trying to trick everyone. But it is a message from Tanguma saying the first painting is a warning of what we should do to fix our world. And the second painting is if we heed that warning, things can be better. The glowing red eyes of the
1: 32-foot-tall blue horse travelers are greeted by when passing through DIA has elicited controversy among many. Despite its interesting look, an article in Slate said artist Louis Jimenez was inspired by a horse sculpture on the University of Oklahoma campus and designed blue Mustang to represent the wild spirit of the
2: old American West. So it's not a blue horse of the apocalypse. Supposedly, it is a inspired by the university of oklahoma horse yes and okay. and represents the uh old american west the, the loose buttholes
1: and huge dicks of the american <laughs> west yeah <laughs> i you know i um i wasn't around back then that's cool though that the horses back then had glowing red eyes i did not know did not know that yeah not aware <laughs> i didn't know they that don't they're... teach you that
2: in history class taints were so veiny <laughs> but that's how they made it that's how they made it across The horses have evolved so much into just these little wimpy horses that we have today. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know what they were like back then. As far
1: as the swastika-shaped runways,
2: they're less of a swastika and more of a
1: fan shape. These six non-intersecting runways gives DIA one of the most efficient runway layouts in the United States. The shape is meant to maximize takeoff regardless of weather, an issue that severely impacted the previous Stapleton Airport. That was another great part in a. America unearthed is Erickson kept showing the mat, the overhead uh, picture of the runways to people and he'd be like, don't even think about it. Just tell me what you see
2: when you first <laughs> look at that. And they're all like, swastika. And I'm like, I don't see that at all. You have to sir, see, and we can post it on the Instagram when we do the photos, where someone has drawn over them. Mm-hmm. That's when you can see it, but it has to be drawn over it. Yeah, you don't,
1: most people don't just look at that and
2: say swastika right off the bat. I mean, I sure didn't, but maybe, what do I know? (laughs) Well, there absolutely is a city running underneath Denver Airport,
1: and thousands of people work there every day. The tunnels below the airport run beside its two trains, as well as provide tunnels for handlers to transport baggage. One possible explanation for this Illuminati bunker theory is the airport's now defunct underground baggage system. The overly complex system actually delayed the airport's opening by 16 months while engineers worked through technical issues, according to Denver 9 News. The system remains intact under the airport, but its 22 miles of track is currently not in use. It became completely defunct by 2010 and now sits
2: dormant under the airport as bags are moved manually. Dude, the video of this thing trying to run is hilarious. It crunches every bag that comes through. It's What a big (laughs) oopsie-daisy this was. it spits them out, it crunches them, it smashes them all over the place. And I think United was the last holdout that they were still... Other airlines were getting fed up because bags were getting lost because bags would be spat from this conveyor system onto the ground in an underground bunker down with the Illuminati going through your underwear. (laughs) And so then you're standing there up next to this devil mural beneath an evil gargoyle statue going, I'm in hell, my fucking bag is missing. (laughs) <laughs> but w- really all it was was this very badly made. They were really trying to get ahead of the game and automate. And mm-hmm. it was supposed to be world class. And now it's just classic style. There's people in carts with, God bless them, just organizing by hand, figuring out where bags go and driving little trucks. this
1: huge underground area. Mm-hmm. I mean, she takes, she takes the dude down there on the History Channel show. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, you could... I mean, put an entire mm-hmm. uh, community down here. It's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And it's just wasted money. So that's why you were over budget, because you had to start over. Yeah.
2: And it, you, it delayed you over a year. Yeah, it was a mega oopsie, because they mm-hmm. were really, they thought they had it. And then it just, and I think, too, they were like, no, 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 we can get it. We can fix it. We can fix it. And it was, it wasn't going to be fixed. Nah, nah.
1: Most would agree that a lot of the choices made in the design of the Denver airport were questionable at best. And for most, the thought given to these things stops there. But what about those that sincerely believe that a sinister cabal of people are using the airport as their headquarters? Why are some people more likely to believe conspiracy theories than others? A 2018 article published in Current Directions in Psychological Science by psychologist Karen Douglas found that people believe in conspiracy theories for three reasons— the desire for understanding and certainty, the desire for control and security, and the desire to maintain a positive self-image. It is human nature to ask questions about that which we do not understand. As a means of comfort, people oftentimes seek out answers to these questions that fit their worldview, rather than factual truth. According to Psychology Today, conspiracy theories are by definition a false belief. However, those that subscribe to them are emotionally invested making it more unlikely that they will change their minds when presented with contradictory facts. Psychology Today also points out that because uncertainty is an unpleasant state, people believe in conspiracy theories because they provide a sense of understanding and certainty that is comforting. So this is exactly like what you were talking about with your friend's ex, Mm -hmm. that even if you were to present things that were completely factual and rooted in science that would contradict his, his views, He was not open to that because you're going to be uncomfortable because it goes against your personal worldview. So instead of like accepting that or maybe even being open to it and having that
2: uncomfortable feeling, you just you just stay where you've always been. I think it's a difficult place to get to where you say, I don't know everything. I'm happy to entertain new information and analyze it for myself. And I think it's a scary and a vulnerable place to be. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like to be there. People want to know. And especially if you, you know, you go through school and then when you're in school, your teacher tells you two plus two is four, four plus four is eight. The sun is yellow. The sky is blue. The grass is green. There's a lot of absolutes that we feel very comfortable and safe in when we're a lot younger that when we do get older, understanding that two things can be true at the same time. Sometimes there are no total answers. We don't know what universe we're in and if it's Berenstain or Berenstain bears. But, you you know, you have these questions that you ask and it is a scary thing to have an open end to it and not know. And I think it is a lot more secure, whether it's a false sense of security or not. And I think that it is to say, oh, no, I know what this is. It is this. And I feel better about it. And especially when you get hyped by people like Jesse Ventura Mm -hmm. and Alex Jones and you get made to feel special their listeners and viewers are made to feel special what did i say jesse ventura said we're together the global elite they're trying to get us they're trying to poison us they're trying to take themselves down to this bunker and save themselves and we're all going to be fucked and alex jones is like you're the only one that knows this i'm telling you so you have this feeling rather rather than telling your listeners or your viewers or your readers Here's some information. We're not sure what it means. That doesn't sell, you know, commercials. That doesn't get you a show on the history channel unless you're like, it's fucking aliens, man. But mm-hmm. you give these the viewers, the readers, the listeners this sense of you're the smart one. You're one of the mm-hmm. ones that's smart. Do you want to take these brain pills? Anyway, we're all in this together. And so I think it's very attractive for people, especially mm-hmm. people who are insecure, who are looking for security and they're looking for that guru, that expert, whatever, even if they're a false idol. To follow and say yes, Papa Jones. Tell me what I should believe, and then believe mm-hmm. that. So that's. I think this. I mean, of course, this. I don't. What does my opinion matter? This lady's a psychologist. She knows better than me. But I mean, I think you nailed it though. Yeah. And I think the exact same thing is uh, can be
1: said for cults. Mm-hmm. I mean, every mm-hmm. single thing you just said, and all of these reasons are also why people stay in cults. Yeah, you know, in or not even just cults, but if you grow up super religious in mm-hmm. a super you know religious family. And that's what you're taught in school and in and church and, and from your family. And then you get older and you think, hmm, maybe I don't believe in this. And you start to challenge your own beliefs. And it's very it can be very uncomfortable.
2: Mm-hmm. And especially if that is the foundation on which you've built your yeah. life that I know. I'm, And it's it also comes from a place. You know, it's from a place of insecurity and then also simultaneously a place of arrogance that the guy that this, the girl I knew that dated, you know, he was I, he was telling he said because she's in college. She's been indoctrinated, and she's part of the liberal elite. And Have you? Yeah, she was, he was saying this about me. You know, because Heather's in college, she's this liberal elite in her ivory towers. And I was like, I'm literally the least elite, but okay. But that that's what he was then told, which then, as a cult leader, like, mm-hmm. you know, or a group leader, if, if you don't want to say it's a cult, but like Alex Jones and Jesse Ventura, these people are saying, don't listen to these mm-hmm. scientists. They're elite, pow- you know, superpower, global elites. When... That all that's doing is cutting people off from an escape route. you're tailing your followers you're you're heading them off at the pass saying if somebody smarter than me tries to tell you I'm wrong, they're really just trying to trick you so all, it's like a built in failsafe that you train them sure. to question authority or you train them to question somebody that maybe knows a little bit more than some they do about this so I mean, I think that we um
1: just got out of a four year deal with somebody yeah, that's similar to that uh, yeah
2: very. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, like, you know, it's, a
1: da- it's very dangerous.
2: And and that feeling of the world is uncertain. And when you have someone that's like, I will tell you right now, here is black and white, right and wrong. People are gravitated towards it's that. Comforting. It's comforting. It's comforting. It's comforting. Oh, yeah.
1: Because you don't have to make decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. Somebody is telling you how to feel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for many people, it is important for them to feel in control in order to feel safe. Believing conspiracy theories may help provide that feeling. Psychology Today provides an example of this with global warming. If a person is worried about global warming due to human activity, they may feel unsafe and insecure knowing they are contributing. Alternatively, if someone believes global warming is a hoax perpetrated by liberal extremists for political purposes, the conspiracy theorist can rest easy,
2: believing they can maintain their way of living with zero impact on the world. It's true, you can keep you you know you can maintain course and not feel guilty and not feel mm-hmm. like you know, you have to do anything to change it. Also, I think as a person who believes in, you know, climate change, global warming, it's scary as fuck. First of yeah. all, it's rained more in Dallas than this. Is how I know climate change is real. Dude, is, it is fucking crazy. The rain. It's been wild how much it's. rained. Today, I was like, does it just rain all the time now? Is this is that what we're dealing with? Like, I mean, I can't think of the last time it didn't rain. No, Pete Delcus is so beat down. He's like, I'm sorry, you got it. Pete Delcus is our weatherman. <laughs> With a giant head. And he's just like, you guys, I'm sorry, this is what the forecast looks like. I don't even need to be here because it's just going to rain every day. And so but as a person who believes that and who, you know, I don't even have a one tenth of the full understanding of it. But I do understand that it is something that is definitely impacting society. It's going to impact my future children and grandchildren. Mhm. It is a lot for me to both believe that and then try to, you know, do my part in whatever small ways and I'm not even close to I mean I started recycling like 3 years ago and I'm real proud of myself for that. Uh, and I literally only did it cuz my mom put a recycling can in my house and so it made it easy. But if you so I'm like in between the rock and the hard place if I haven't totally changed my life to be totally green. But I'm terrified of global warming. So for mm-hmm. sure, emotionally, it would be easier for me to go, yeah, it's all bullshit anyway. Why do I give a sure. fuck? When, but uh, you, it's the burden of knowing a little bit too much. I'm like, gosh, shit, this is going to be yeah. real bad. Not, but I, you have to kind of give it up to the universe and go, you know, I can't fix everything. I can't change everything. Hopefully, I can do what I can do. I'll do my best from day to day. It changes every day. Like I, had, I have reusable straws I started using, but I had to put a plastic straw in because it was buried, dingin, dingin, and dangin for when we recorded. So I try oh. to be judicious about my plastic straw use. But so in a situation like that where I feel guilty about it and I know about it, but I'm not going to say, "Well, fuck it, I'll just use however many plastic straws I want," because you know who cares. So I see how that works out. That if you could, if you feel safer believing something I'm is sure. a hoax, why wouldn't you? Exactly.
1: No, one hundred percent. Douglass' research showed that people who feel socially marginalized are more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. Humans long to feel necessary and that their lives have meaning. For those that feel excluded from society, finding a group of people, perhaps online, that are accepting and have shared beliefs provides a sense of community. Members of these groups can also feel that they have privileged information and have discovered secrets that others have not. He's, which is what yeah. you were just saying. Well, and you find yeah. you
2: find this with even like the Forest Finch Treasure community that sprouted yeah. up where people thought they knew better than other people. I just watched a documentary about the furry community.
1: Oh, is it what was it called?
2: I can't remember, but it's new. It just came out.
1: Oh, it just came out? Yeah, it's, there's a new furry documentary yeah, out. Yeah, it's great. It's on uh
2: YouTube. Hang on, I'll find it.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm going to watch it tonight. I highly recommend it. Hold on, let me find it. That is a community
2: that is fascinating it was so fascinating and i think you know we all want to look at the furries and go wow what a bunch of weirdos but it was fandom it's called the fandom okay watching uh it, it a uh, it's so it's so interesting when something like mm-hmm. this isn't you know the furry community is not harmful but you do see how people who otherwise felt and they did surveys in it of people in the community x percent were bullied in school x percent mm-hmm. didn't feel comfortable uh, coming out as trans, X percent didn't mm-hmm. feel coming comfortable coming out as uh gay or bisexual or lesbian, and so having that ability to be in a safe place where several people said they explored their future, what they they were not happy with who they were because they were trans, and before they had the ability, whether societally or personally emotionally, to come out as trans, you know, to be their true selves, that they were able to take on these personas as their furries, Mm, and that was their mm -hmm. first foray into it. So it was really fascinating. A community like this, where it did spring up as, at these. it goes into the whole history at these Comic-Cons, where someone's like, oh, you like this? I like this. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Where, again, as long as it's not a harmful thing, these communities can be really good to come together. Now, when the community comes together to be a conspiracy theorist, and it turns out the furry community has been infiltrated by white supremacist. So that's not great. What Shocking twist. So this is why we can't have nice things. I also watched the Pepe the Frog documentary, which was very fascinating about fun online comics being co-opted by these groups. But uh, this idea that you want to feel necessary and like you belong is this evolutionary feeling where you don't want to be the gazelle that's left behind the pack because you're going to be the one that's getting eaten. So you want to find a pack to, to run with. So it's good. The, the Internet is great for people like the, the folks in the furry documentary who have found true friends, true happiness, true joy. And it is not a harmful situation. But the flip side is this dangerous group or these dangerous groups that believe all these strange fringe benefits that maybe would have died alone. You know, the idea would have died alone if they had been, you know, is- no more isolated. But now that they found Other groups, it's just adding fuel to the fire. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, not that the person would die, but I mean, their ideas and beliefs would die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would burn out. No,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, but at the end of the day, the thing all of these people have in common is that they felt like they weren't a part of traditional society Mm -hmm. and that they were excluded and and marginalized. Mm -hmm. So they find like minded people and then you find a sense of community. I'm, I think it's amazing that people like that are in the furry community found each other because that is such a thing that i imagine if that was how how you wanted to express yourself you'd think nobody else could possibly be into this Mm -hmm. and then when you find people that are you're like the sense of relief and especially if you're trying to like if you're trans and you're not quite sure how to transition and that's your first like you said foray into it that's amazing
2: Yeah, and and even just the internet in general it doesn't have to be the furry community but people who are in a rural area that maybe are struggling with some part of their identity, being able to reach Mm -hmm. out to somebody in another community that is going through the same thing. It's totally invaluable, but it's kind of the double-edged sword of the internet Yeah, is that we want to, we want people who are alone and need help and need camaraderie and companionship to find each other. But the flip side is, the people that don't need to be grouping up and having their damn conference in Dallas like QAnon, QAnon, mm-hmm. uh, then then it, it's like you can't. Sh- you it's either gotta yeah. be open or closed. And is the good that the internet does outweigh the bad? I think it does. I hope it does. Uh, but it's hard when you do see these kind of fringe groups in the Denver airport mm-hmm. conspiracies, like silly, right? But is it like is it part of a larger QAnon conspiracy? Yeah. Exactly, Uh, And then that's when you start getting to the dangerous of Illuminati and then they use the term lizard people and that means, you know, that's an anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic term. And then the white supremacists take so they come in and ruin the party all the time. Yeah. Well, arguing with a conspiracy theorist is usually futile, even though scientific
1: facts may be presented. The conspiracy theorists will not hear them. Rather, they will be preoccupied defending their sense of security and self-image, according to psychology today while some studies have shown believing in conspiracy theories can lead to heightened insecurity douglas believes more studies examining those who believe need to be conducted to have a better understanding of the possible psychological effects i mean if that's that's the thing with with these types of beliefs is because you're so emotionally invested in it mm-hmm. you're not if somebody said uh hey what do you think the uh, capital of Texas is? And somebody was like, Dallas. And you're like, no, it's actually Austin. And you're like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Now you, now you know it's Austin. It's not a big deal because you're not emotionally invested in it, even though you thought something your whole life that was one thing that you now know mm-hmm. isn't. But when you have that emotional connection to it, You're saying that you're having... It becomes that uncomfortable thing again where you're having to, like, change part of who you are. It's Mm -hmm. not just, like, information. It's part of, like... Or at least these people believe. It's like... like Erickson, like, this is all he is, man. He is defined by this Denver airport conspiracy, you Mm -hmm. know? Like,
2: outside of that, he wouldn't know who he was if all of a sudden that went away. Mm -hmm. No, it's a good point. And especially... The difference in letting go of a fact and letting go of a series of beliefs is if they've spent a lot of time in it, put a lot of effort into it, mm-hmm. told a bunch of other people about it. So backtracking, you know, that is it imputes their integrity that they've gone around telling everybody that this was a thing. And now they have to go around and go, you remember when I told you that the Denver airport mm-hmm. was an Illuminati gas chamber? It turns out I was a fucking idiot and I didn't know. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it's hard to do that. It's it's hard for any of us to admit we're wrong. And you know, we get that all the time when people message us to go, hey, you said this or. Hey, you know, this is just FYI, which that's great. I appreciate we both appreciate that, but
0: mm-hmm. we're not
2: so emotionally invested in a, you know, word or a phrase we use that we're going to go fuck you blah blah blah. No. Yeah. So, it's that's kind of the different thing. Now, if you want to message me and tell me that Ness nest monsters not real, we'll get into a fight, <laughs> get into a little bit of a fight there. <laughs> but, you know, even the silly things I believe or I want to most of the time it's just I want to believe it. If there was re- most of the things I do be- that I believe that are cryptids or, you know, conspiracy stuff like that, Is what I hope things that are not harmful, but then also stuff that I just think you can't definitively like prove that there's not a Bigfoot, right? So there's no way that's ever going to be proved that there's not. So me, I'm an optimistic person. I want to hope that there is one. But something like this is not an Illuminati gas chamber. I mean, or can we prove that? I don't know. Uh, I would say you can more
1: easily prove there's not a gas chamber um, underneath the Denver Airport than that Bigfoot doesn't exist. <laughs> well, then you've calmed my fears. <laughs> For decades, the mystery and conspiracies surrounding the Denver International Airport have been the subject of TV shows, documentaries, books, and blogs. When the airport began renovations in 2018, it embraced the conspiracies that it attracted, by creating The Din Files, a print, web, and social media campaign meant to poke fun at the various conspiracies. Senior Public Information Officer Heath Montgomery told the Denver Post,
2: We decided a few years ago, uh, rather than fight all this and try to convince everybody there's nothing really going on, let's have some fun with it. Signs
1: in the airport show aliens and a cat in a tinfoil hat beside cheeky copy saying how many new restaurants they're building as well as how nice the new Illuminati headquarters
2: will be. They also have little alien rubber masks that they'll put on the baggage handlers, or the baggage handlers will put on when the news reporters are down there. That's funny. Just to stand in the background or walk past while they're taking video or taking pictures with their little alien heads on. It's pretty funny. I mean, you got to. I love it. Yeah, you got to. Lean into it. They have a new gargoyle that you can go up and talk to. Oh, that's then fun. It kind of, it's it, turn it into like a theme park yeah, over in wild. Denver. <laughs> it's getting wild. But uh, supposedly you can come up to it and it'll say like, oh, hey, nice blue shirt. So, Ooh, you know, you know, they can Like big see. text. Yes. It's like that. It's my favorite part is people are like, we don't know how the gargoyle works. I was like, I can guess. <laughs> like a video camera, probably and a, my, like a radio. Call me. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> having grown up in Texas. I can tell you right now how it works. Yeah, there's somebody underneath the pedestal that he's sitting on that's Mm -hmm. about the size of a person sitting in a chair. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: One of the two original architects, Jim Bradburn, commented to Denver 7 News about the mess made of one of his crowning achievements with these recent renovations. Bradburn was frustrated because the changes were in conflict with expansion room he and Fentress left in their design,
2: telling Denver 7 News. It made no sense, quite frankly. When people don't follow a very good plan that was already worked out by a lot of very smart people, you've got to wonder what's going on. When asked about the
1: conspiracy theories swirling around his beloved structure, Bradburn told Denver 7 with a smile.
2: Now, all that conspiracy theory is absolutely true. That's what I tell everybody. There's thousands of miles of empty space down there with tunnels going all the way to Kansas. How fun. He's got a little sense of humor. Hmm. So what do we think? I Think they're hiding in plain sight. Of course, he would tell the news <laughs> the conspiracy's real. Because oh, it's you think totally he's in on it too? He's got to be. He's the one that built it. He's the cl- <laughs> he's the mastermind. He's the king of the Illuminati. Oh uh, wow! No, he lives outside of Denver, a couple hours out there. He's retired, and it was very sweet to watch a person who I think if you're an architect, you're probably pretty type A, and you pretty maybe mm-hmm. pretty controlling. To say that they had left, you know, X amount of uh, X amount of miles of space for it to be expanded and they were expanding it wrong. And he's like, they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um. But no, I think. I mean, at the end of the day, it's obviously the Illuminati headquarters. I'm going to say it's not. <laughs> how do I'm you know? S- <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, how does anybody know anything? It's just how I feel. I don't know that I know. It's just how I feel. But um, I think that people put a lot of emphasis into things that they don't understand because they want to have that sense of like certainty Mm -hmm. and like they're in on something. They're all in on, on the big secret that nobody Mm -hmm. else is in on because it makes you feel smart. And like you're, you got a leg up, especially if you felt like you were ostracized from society for most of your life and Mm -hmm. everything. And you never sat at the cool kids table. Now you're like, I know more than they all do. But I also think it's I think it can just be um, really dangerous and unhealthy for someone for this. It seemed like with Erickson, it seems as if it consumes him with fixation. Yeah. And I mean, is it unhealthy? I don't know. I could probably ask his family and what they what they think about it. But it's um, uh, I think that. When you get into the when you start bringing in like ties to the Nazis and all this stuff, it starts getting not fun anymore Mm -hmm. and just real dangerous.
2: And you never know if you are putting forth this conspiracy and saying that it is the place where there's gas chambers and it's dangerous and you don't know what type of person is ingesting that information Mm -hmm. who may extrapolate it to the extreme and tell themselves, whether you know real or imagined, and say, I'm the only one that can save us from the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. I've got to go do something. So then, you know, it's dangerous in the fact that it's putting forth a narrative that gets people so worked up that they think, especially if it's life or death, when you hear Jesse Ventura say, they're going to take the bunker and save themselves and they want you to die. You've just set up that it's life or death and the people have to save themselves and protect themselves yeah or die then you might incite somebody to go and do something and try to destroy yeah. it so it's very survival
1: mentality mm-hmm. and and can incite like a mob mentality and everything and that's when it
2: becomes really harmful and dangerous so i mean you you know not that there's really been uh luckily uh like an attack or anything but you know maybe You're going to have people that think, oh, this is my only chance, you know, and you hope that they don't get on a plane and you hope that all of our safeguards are in place. So I think it's a dangerous part of a conspiracy theory is it really does. It can rile up the wrong people. Yeah.
1: And I think one of the more dangerous parts of this one is that it is centered around the largest airport in the United States and the third largest in the world Uh where so much destruction could be done. Yeah. If an unhinged person was like you said, was like, I'm going to be the one. To pr- either prove this or stop it or whatever, mm-hmm. but I mean, you
2: have close to two hundred thousand people going through that airport each day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus all, you know all the people that work there and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just really hope that uh, that people kind of take it with the den files and everything. Maybe they've made it kind of silly enough that mm-hmm. obviously there's nothing going on here, and maybe that's one reason they kind of spun it that way mm-hmm. too, which is smart if
1: they did. So you know, it does make it a little more fun and lighthearted mm-hmm. it's like the Strizand
2: effect you know yeah right it's, it's going to be pointed out anyway you might mm-hmm. as well try to control the narrative so mm-hmm. uh you know that's the sad part about folks that that follow these type of conspiracy theories because they're they are spending so much time with in something that really at the end of the day they're not going to make any difference they're not going to change it it's going to do nothing but upset them when they could join a community like the furries. I'm not telling everybody to become a furry. But when you want, <laughs> But you're not not telling I'm not everyone not saying, to not if, if that's what you want to follow... Go I was for it. so impressed by the skill and talent it took to make these suits, the fur suits. Mm, yeah. And how it... Very creative. Oh, it's super creative. And also it just... Uh, it's a way to express yourself. It's also a way for the people who are making the suits had started out just making it for themselves... So I think if you take, if you're going to have something that you follow, a group you're going to join and something you're going to follow, make it be something positive like that. Make it be, you know, say you listen to a podcast and you want to join the Patreon and go on the Facebook group and make a bunch of friends. Do that. That's super fun, too. (laughs) Uh, But you know what I mean? Like, we all are looking for connection, especially in the pandemic, right? That's just, it's just uh, hopefully more people will be drawn to the good side of the Internet rather than the evil. But.
1: But do those that are drawn to what we call the evil side think that it's evil? I no, mean they think the, they're the saving the world. That, uh, yeah, and that's what I mean. The people that subscribe to these beliefs, they do think they're doing something positive and that they found like-minded people that are going to help society and, and save the world. So it's kind of, you know,
2: subjective as to what you think is good and what you think is, is bad. That's true. We watched, you know, a lot of stuff when we were doing the QAnon episode of people who you know, believed that they were, you know, warriors, that they're working on behalf of Q and that they would leave their families, leave their spouses, Mm -hmm. leave. So the ultimate sacrifice, because they are thinking that they're doing good. So it's a good point that who's to say what's good and evil. I think if something is actively harmful, you can show that it's evil. But is, again, actively
1: harmful. How is that defined? True. You know, I mean... Man, it's if, morality. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, well, we're going to have to go to the Denver airport. We're going to go to Alaska. Yes. We got a lot of places we got to go stops. to. We got a lot of tour stops. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yes. Our our agents are going to be like, now, why
2: are we bo- booking? you? It's because um we need to we check gotta, out. We got to go to Ukiavik. God damn yeah. it. Like I'm sorry, you're gonna the goddamn triangle, okay? Like what? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're like there's like three people that listen to y'all there. Well, they're gonna get a hell of a show.
1: You know what? Because
2: <laughs> it's one on. We're doing it from the pyramid. Yes, the underground pyramid.
1: We love providing sinister to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation creating this show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely
2: appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, monthly bonus mini a Patreon-exclusive video and audio content, including our R.A.M.I. the asshole, and relationship segments where we read and discuss the best of what Reddit has to offer. We also just released our first Like a good rhymey true crime headline where we discuss an article in The New Yorker as to whether a fraternity brother was the cause of the deaths of many of his classmates or not. So we got into some interesting uh, discussions, again, on morality and legality and when someone is liable for the death of another. It was a fascinating article. It captivated us. Yeah. So we had to talk about it.
1: We also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As with Crowdcast, where you can
2: ask us all your burning questions. For our patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific
1: member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you
2: stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top banner.
1: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really
2: helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at on the computer? I am on Instagram at Christy M.
1: Wallace and on Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK
2: versus The World and on Instagram at Heather vs. The World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Eli. Megan Beals. Megan Travis. Mary A. Daniszewski. Katie Pearson. Ashley Gaworski. Heidi Perkins.
1: Christina C. Jacqueline Hayner, Allie Tremboli. thank hey. you, Lindsay Sage, Charisma J. Henderson, Leanne H., Valerie Fair, Maggie Walks, Olivia Dion, Sophia Hawkins,
2: Ellie Muir, Aaron German, Andrea Garner, Anita Gluwala, Sarah, Kaylee Venable, Laura Burke, Jordan, Jennifer Newbill, Catherine Milan, Sarah
1: O'Halloran, Jen Wilson, Elizabeth Cameron, Sydney K. Fatina Louvier, Elza Doyer, Alexandra McFarlane, Sandy Barkwell, Megan Clark, Emily Johnson, Caroline Wade, Madison Piacentini, LJ, Regina Clifton, Lindsay Adkins, Jenna Madison, Leanne N. Sanders, Jasper Krause, Kaylee Miller, Sarah Rancor, Lauren Wilson, Kristen Aldridge, Allie Y, Kelsey, and Kayla Walters. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> <laughs>